0: Coming to you live and local from the Quarter Shoot Cafe at Emerald Downs. This is the Win Play Show.
1: Now here is your host, Joe Withy. We are pleased to be on the air, KJR 950 AM. How's that for an open for the Win Play Show on a Sunday, August seventh, two thousand sixteen. Joe Withy, Rob Rao here at the Quarter Shoot Cafe, and Steve down at the station. And we are ready to roll for a week before the 81st Long Acres Mile. Uh, Here a little bit early this morning to watch OB Harbor work. A workout for the very possible and probable, should I say, mile favorite, Rob? What do you think? You're the morning line guy.
2: I would think so. You know, I I can't completely say that that's the case. But, I, I mean, I'm strongly leaning that way. He's been nothing short of sensational this year. and um running uh, all kinds of distances going out and setting these tremendous fractions and just just keeping on keeping on. He's uh yeah. he's a he's a very very nice horse and he's uh he's really uh stepped up his game this year. He's uh he's he's going to be a solid solid uh backed horse in the mile and and uh, the you know like you said probable favorite. We'll see uh we'll see what the fields like on Wednesday. Um I know the weights were released um uh, fairly recently. Uh it's going to be fun. It's, it's kind of hard to believe it's only, you know, only seven days away. Um, but we've got uh, we've got some uh, things to talk about going on today here at the track show. We've got uh, a great race card, uh, ten races, two stakes races. We've got two carryovers, a carryover in the pick five of $6,157 and in that pick seven of $3,621. And uh, we've got some tough races today as well. I think uh, So Lucky will be a pretty strong favorite, maybe a horse that maybe players might want to single. But uh, Um, There's a lot of different angles today and uh, some good racing.
1: Indeed. Ten races at Emerald Downs, a stakes doubleheader, the WTBOA Lads, and the Barbara Shinpo stakes, both those races for two-year-olds. The Lads for two-year-old Colts and Geldings. The Shinpo will be the first of the two. That'll be the eighth race for two-year-old Phillies. That race is pretty wide open. While, as you mentioned, So Lucky is two for two, and he has two big dominant wins. A son of Coast Guard out of Miss Pixie. From Howard Belvoir, Rocco Bowen to ride so lucky. He has picked up another good mount. Rocco well on his way toward his first Emerald Downs riding title. And he's got a 19-day win streak, too. He's won uh, 19 consecutive days. Just on a tear. Yeah. You know, uh, he's been uh, he kind of right out from the gate early on
2: in the season. He's just been really riding very, very well. And like you mentioned, that consecutive uh, a consecutive day winning streak, uh, 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 good luck to him today as well. He's on some very, very live horses uh, Um, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps that streak going today as well.
1: So the draw for the mile coming up Wednesday. We're done with March to the mile. We have six qualifiers, Stryker PhD, OB Harbor, Alert Bay, Cyrus Alexander, Sammy Mandeville, and uh, our qualifier yesterday, Ed didn't know the name of his horse, but we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt here, Rob. Uh, He wanted the other Hollendorfer horse, he said. Right, Point
2: Piper, who, uh, you know, has been – Maybe a a little bit wind-shy, but he's been running against an excellent company in Southern California in some very, very tough races. And um, you go back and look at his form, he can stay fairly close to the pace. He's got some good tactical speed in races. Like we mentioned, his company lines are are very, very strong. So he's 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 another solid contender in this year's mile.
1: Point Piper from the barn of Jerry Hollendorfer. And uh, Mario Gutierrez is going to ride Cyrus Alexander, the other uh, Hollendorfer shipper, Point Piper, not exactly sure. Martin Garcia ridden him in his last two starts, fourth in the Californian at Santa Anita, and then third at Oakland Park behind FNX and Melatonin. Mario Garcia has, or Martin Garcia has ridden the last two for Point Par- Piper, who is a son of Giants Causeway, a six-year-old, just four career victories, but uh, he's run a lot on dirt, uh, and again. Uh, his last victory was last August, August of 15 at Del Mar in the Brewbreaker, going a mile. Boy, pronunciations today. Let's work on those. Brewbreaker. He won that, going a mile from off the pace. So uh, it's been about a year since he's won. But again, you mentioned, uh, wow, Dortmund won a race that he was in, California Chrome, uh, Melatonin, Hard Aces, F He was behind them, then third in that uh, Oakland Handicap this year behind FNX and Melatonin, so uh, this is uh, definitely a little different company for him. Very much, uh, very much so. Strong uh, strong
2: company lines. We've been running against the top of the Handicap division and you go back and, and look at his, uh, his past performances and look at, at what he's done going a flat mile. He's got an excellent record going a flat mile. I think he's got, uh, what, um, six, seven lifetime starts and six of those were in the money with three wins. Yeah. Three of his four lifetime wins have come at a flat mile, so you, you got to think that a flat mile is going to hit him right between the eyes. And, and uh, it, this is a different step of, uh, uh, of class for him. He, you know, this isn't going to be – he doesn't have to run against X or California Chrome or Dortmund up here. So um, he does have to face a very, very good horse in OB Harbor.
1: Um, but if he runs his best race, yeah, he'll be tough. Okay, well, uh, we have six qualifiers for March to the Mile, $100 win tickets on those horses if they make the gate, which it looks pretty good. Stryker PhD had a nice work yesterday. OB Harbor worked this morning. We watched him work with regular rider Jose Zanino aboard for trainer Chris Stensley. Uh, We'll try and get that work for you before the show's over. Uh, Usually we can do that. Um, The people out there that uh, we talked to said uh, 58 and change or so. We'll get the official number from our clockers, which are done by the Washington State Racing Commission. But, you know, he was going pretty darn easy. He was speeding down the backstretch. There was a horse in front of him. He caught that horse, passed that horse real easily. And then around the turn, it just uh, it looked like he was in kind of a, a a more relaxed mode. He did work all the way to the wire. But then to run that fast and work that fast it, it just shows that his stride enables him to get over the ground rob
2: very efficient stride and and it's just very you know it's very impressive what he's able to do like you mentioned he's able to go very fast early and very fast late and and, and keep that going that's uh you know a tremendous thing for a, a racehorse like himself where you know he can set these very fast fractions and Ordinarily, you know, a horse has every right to tire down the lane, and you know maybe he does a little bit, but he's still able to finish very, very well in these races. And and uh, he, like you said, that's that's a great sign that he's coming up to the mile in a good way, and and uh, it worked very well this
1: morning. It sounds like he's won by two lengths, a half length, four and a quarter, and two lengths this year after setting just unworldly fractions in some of those races. So Ob Harbor four for four at the meeting. Uh, last workout today, the draw is Wednesday for the mile. We're going to give away 5,000 uh, tumbler glasses that have all the Long Acres mile winners from Emerald Downs. Our 20th anniversary season, we'll do that on mile day. Railbird rally is next Sunday, starting at 11 a.m. The GOAT, Doug the GOAT Coke hosting, traditional there, along with Dory Monson. Dory is a great addition to... Uh, sports in this town and Emerald Downs racing. He loves horse racing. He's going to be out bringing a lot of Cairo listeners and all of our fans as well. $5 for a ticket for the Railbird Rally. That's after admission, and that 5 bucks is worth it. You get a program for race day. You get a voucher for lunch from one of the food trucks that'll be there. You get a soda, You get a raffle ticket. There's going to be some prize drawings given away. So 5 bucks to attend the Railbird Rally next Sunday starting at 11 a.m. here at Emerald Downs. So, uh, and uh, Jack Van Berg will be here as well. Wanda Crockett is honorary steward for the mile. Jack Van Berg will be honorary steward for the Emerald Distaff, Phillies and Mares, next Sunday. Hey, let's, before we take a break, you want to... uh, you done any handicapping today? I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. You here. know what?
2: I have a little bit. Um, I thought Blazon Beauty was uh, kind of intriguing in there. I know she hasn't gotten a maiden win, but she's ran well for her other two starts. And I think there's you know there's kind of a bevy of speed in the Barber post. So I thought maybe a horse would maybe come off it. I think your horse, come on, and good luck to you and, uh, and your other owners Thank in you. there. I think that horse, she's a very nice filly, and I, 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 I'm sure she'll run a good race. But I'm going to go with maybe a little bit of a slight upset with Blazing Beauty. Um, that's a tough race though. I, you know, I, I did settle on getting Jolene, Joel end, uh, however you pronounce it as the morning line favorite, but it wouldn't surprise me and maybe a couple other Phillies, um, maybe go off as the post-time favorite in there.
1: I went with blazing beauty as well. Of course, I'm rooting hard for Camino Comet. Those two battled it out behind uh, runaway winner Carula in the NGC blazing beauty, uh, uh, did beat Camino Comet by a little more than a length. So I'm going to give her the nod in there and, uh, you know, we have a sixth race today because we have 10 races, so there will be a race number six. How about that race? War Wizard, Where's My Voucher, Xerxes, all in there. Credit line isn't slow. Credit line has the 10 post. Uh, six and a half furlongs, where War Wizard has a good record. Where's My Voucher has had a tough four-year-old year as far as to trying to get a win like he had many last year, but... He's outrun War Wizard before. War Wizard's outrun Xerxes. They're all fast. They're going six. That that pace is going to gonna be too tough on the pace. I'm going 12, 11, 10 trifecta. How about that?
2: Okay. Well, we had, a, what, a 3, 4, 5 yesterday that uh, returned a little over 7,000. And what, yeah. was the six or seven threes, I'm, I'm kind of losing that. But oh, we, uh, we had a huge trifecta yesterday uh, in a in a route race, and um, you know, I thought Private Boss was a little bit yes. intriguing in there on, on the turn back. Definitely. Um, if, if, you're, if you're willing to excuse the last uh, effort by him, um, like you mentioned, there's just a bevy of speed in. There's so many horses in here that That's have speed. That's a heck speed. of a race. It very much is, and Xerxes, uh, you know, on his best day, things didn't go right for him. Of course, he was trying uh, much tougher foes last time out. He takes a big drop in here, but there's just a lot of speed in here, and I'm with you. I kind of think that it sets up for a horse to come off the pace in here, and I thought Private Boss might be a little bit intriguing at what should be a fairly honest price.
1: I think he's a witch doctor is another horse. Exactly. I think that could get a, get a very favorable setup in there as well. That race is loaded. That'll be the 50-cent pick five start, and we have a carryover. Hey, Roman Miller's going to join us. Roman is uh, Seattle and Northwest Western Washington sports history, and he's going to celebrate his 90th birthday at Emerald Downs today. And we love to see Roman out the track. Yeah, he's uh, been a baseball scout, a basketball scout, a coach, a teacher, uh, administrator, a recruiter. Uh, but he did spend some time in thoroughbred racing as well. And he's got a lot of stories. Rowan Miller next. Jeff Metz will join us later. This is the Win Play Show on KJR 950 AM.
0: You're listening to the Win Play Show, brought to you by Emerald Downs on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to the win play show with Joe Withy and Rob Rowe on Sports Radio KJR. With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing
2: like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright,
0: and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Roman Miller joining us at the Quarter Shoot Cafe at Emerald Downs. Roman uh, uh, known to so many in western Washington and are actually around the the whole North, uh, North America in sports because he was a scout for the big leagues in baseball and also a basketball recruiter that uh, uh, there's so many things to talk about Roman. first of all, happy birthday and, and welcome to Emerald Downs.
3: Well thank you. it's a pleasure to be back in the racing world. I started years ago in racing and it's just great to be out here.
1: It is. We always like to see it. you've got so many stories. you've really been there and uh, for so many historical events. Uh, uh, first of all, the mile. What did, Do you remember much about the mile? It was a big race uh, ever since the first year when Gottstein started it, 1935. He put a $10,000 purse on it.
3: Yeah, I was out here in 1933 when they first were building it. Wow. And then two years later, the mile has yeah. been great ever since. That $10,000 was a big deal in those days.
1: It was a real big purse back then. Uh, sea Biscuit almost ran in the mile. He was—I'm uh, sure, pretty sure—he was nominated. Uh, I know he was nominated to a race at uh, Long Acres, and, and the weight was high, and he didn't come. But uh, nonetheless, uh, shoot, uh, you're still going strong at age 90, and uh, you got so many darn memories in sports. Uh, how did you tell us about? First of all, where were you when uh, the Pearl Harbor happened, December 7th, 41?
3: I was at O'Day High School. Where are you? And uh, right after the
1: that was a Sunday.
3: It was, well, on, actually on Sunday I was at the Liberty Theater at First Avenue. No kidding. Yeah, that was. A,
1: Most th- people remember that event.
3: And the movie was, I think, called Sundown.
1: Is that right? With
3: Jean Turner was I remember that. And then when we came home from the movie, my mother was sad because my older brother and I, she figured we'd have to go to the war, which we which we did. Eventually did. And. Uh, no, and then when I was at O'Day, they put in that rule with the Japanese boys that were born and raised here and went to Catholic school. They came right into our O'Day classroom. FBI guys took about eight of those Japanese boys boy. right out of our class.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so eventually you joined the uh, Army Air Corps.
3: Yes, I was an aviation cadet. I take a, had to take a test to do that. And then they said I had high scores, so later on I was in pilot training. Amarillo, and then Biloxi, Mississippi, then McDill Air Base. They wanted to know if I'd be willing to fly out to Bakersfield, California for an interview. Well, when you're 17, you're homesick, you're glad to go anywhere just to get out of duty. <laughs> so I went out there and had the big interview, and they said they want to know if I wanted to transfer out of the Army Air Force. And I said, no, I have a contract with Aviation Cadet, but I don't want to do that. And they said, well, would you like to know where you'd be stationed if... Uh, if you did decide, and you didn't ask that. And I said, well, I didn't ask it because I knew what you'd tell me. You'd, you would probably tell me that I'd be stationed in my home state, just to get me to sign. And then a week later, you'd send me where you're planning to send me. So anyway, they told me they would be stationed in the state of Washington, uh, what, which town. And they said, uh, you won't know the town. And I said, well, I'll know every villi- village in Hamilton town up there. I was in Bakersfield when we were having the interview, and he said, you won't know this one. So they, t- I said, well, test me, and they told me it hadn't even started, and nobody even knew about it. it. was later called Hanford.
1: Boy, yeah.
3: So then I ended up in the Manhattan Project.
1: Wow, the Manhattan Project as well. Of course, that was the this very top secret project to uh, build the bomb that eventually was used and uh, to end the war, but... Uh, you you've been through that and you got out of the war and but you were always into sports as a kid, right?
3: Oh yes, uh, I played grade school ball at Saint Alphonsus in Ballard, and I went to a day and played. And then we all went into the service, but I I didn't go into the service till I think it was 44, and uh, I was playing college basketball for CLU. Then then they called me and I had to go. So, okay.
1: You, were playing, you played for Seattle U, huh? That's great. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah was, but that was wartime and there weren't too many people around, but I was <laughs> a starter, made the starting team.
1: Yeah, that's something. And then you helped get Elgin Baylor to Seattle U in the 50s. Tell well, us about that.
3: Well, I can tell you about that. It uh, wasn't a Pac-12 or Pacific Coast Conference is what it was called, and the Arizona schools weren't in it, so... I got tipped off about a couple of good players down in Caldwell, Idaho, Mm -hmm. College of Idaho. I went down there and a couple of these boys were working out out in the football field and I could tell they were really good but I I went to talk to them. What are you doing here? I said, I'm with Seattle University and I heard you guys are really good in basketball and you're good in football, I can see that. And so I said, I'm not allowed to legally give you a tryout or a workout but we're going to work out in the gym in a few hours, and I said, well, I have to go to the bathroom about that time in the gym. So then went in and watched him. (laughs) So then I talked to Elgin Baylor. I said, why are you wanting to transfer? He said, well, they're de-emphasizing basketball here at the College of Idaho, it was called then. And later it became Albertson University because the Albertson family donated a lot of money. They changed the name. Then I think when Mr. Albertson died, they changed it back.
1: College of Idaho, yeah. A famous time, Elgin Baylor took Seattle U to the championship game, uh, the NCAA tournament, uh, losing to Kentucky. Did you go to that game?
3: Oh, absolutely, but the other boy on that t- team down there was R.C. Owens, and I said, you're so good at oh, f- football. Wow. I said, why don't I get you a tryout with the 49ers, which I knew, and he, and he did, and he became all... all The,
1: the alley-oop pass. Yeah. He invented that, Yeah, basically. and he just
3: died here about a year ago, and they had a big story in there.
1: He had a great career
3: and then um, all those years in horse racing uh, cuz this is a horse racing yeah. show
1: tell us about that well
3: i started working in the mutual department and it was a messenger then a seller then a cashier then the calculating room
1: so you were oh, working for long acres and not not the state racing commission
3: oh no i worked for the track for okay. mr Godstein, All right. cuz he hired me as i was a youngster and then uh, i got into knowing a lot of people, they want me to run some campaigns, so we, Johnny O'Brien was all American basketball, and he decided to run for county commissioner, and I was his campaign manager, and then so forth and so on, and I got it. So then when uh, 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 teaching and coaching, a gal want, wanted to talk to me because she said, my uncle wants to talk to you, and that was li- he was living in Lores, it was Dan Evans. Okay. So I worked his campaigns, and then for he won three, four-year terms.
1: Three-time governor, yeah.
3: So he put me in to run the Orchins State Mutual Inspector, and the, that's how I okay. got in with the state. And then uh, Mr. Gusty said, you worked for me all those years, now you're telling me what we're doing wrong?
1: <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so,
3: but uh, then,
1: so, so you got to know a lot of people in the racing industry, of course.
3: Yes, and I worked there. Then I wanted to get into the racing part, not just the betting and the wagering and the gambling. Without that, they wouldn't have deal but without horses they wouldn't have it either true and so what I did was after uh, I became a patrol judge and then a paddock judge and a clerk of scales and placing judge and worked my way through that part of it and then after I got all through with the state uh, then I retired I didn't like retiring (laughs) so I went down they hired me as a steward at Portland Meadows
1: you were a steward, okay. Well, yeah, oh, you've done a lot of things in racing. Because I'd
3: been a steward at Yakima and Playfair. Okay. And we had a lot of small tracks. If you people remember the movie Seabiscuit, the early movie part, they had those bush tracks. We had a lot of bush tracks here. Yep. Waitsburg had days of real sport, and they say, where's Waitsburg? Well, it's 12 miles north of Walla. Okay. And then the next week, they had Dayton Days, which is 10 miles east of Waitsburg. And then Urgil Bell, who was on our racing commission later, he ran that track up in Colfax where he had his f- farm and stuff. And then we had track at Elma, and we put one in uh, Walla Walla uh, Thoroughbred Racing. And then the one in Kennewick was called Tumbleweed, and we changed the name to Sundowns.
1: Eventually, Sundowns, yeah.
3: So I had kind And of
1: actually, uh, the Puyallup Fair ran Thoroughbreds at times too, didn't oh, they? Oh, we
3: all went to the Puyallup Fair. That's where a lot of us young people learned horse racing because they race every day. It's a bull ring. They would go around two, three, four times, yeah. and, it, and 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 we, we couldn't wager on it or bet on it. But a lot of the Long Acres employees, after they closed it, those days they opened Long Acres in mid June and closed Labor Day.
1: Yeah, Labor Day.
3: And then the fair was going on, but right after that, and then uh, I know
1: Jim Penny talks about running horses at the Puyallup Fair.
3: And yeah, Jim Penny was a good baseball player in that she's high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I knew all the Pennies. They, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, but the all affair, and then we had a lot of. Uh, well, I'll give you some of the names of the racing commissioners that, that I worked under: Bob Meade and Chief Will Bockhoffner, Bob Early, and
1: uh, was real well respected, wasn't he?
3: Oh, he was the best state patrol chief they ever had, hmm. and I worked with him for. After he retired from the patrol, the, the commissioners asked me to break him in in horse racing and. When he first came over, he kind of said, Now, Quinella, is that a town in Spain? <laughs> I said, no, no, that's a wagering deal. That's but funny.
1: He, uh, can you uh, just hold on a second? We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with more. Uh, Roman has got a lot of history to talk about. We haven't touched on about 99% of uh, what he's been involved with, but uh, his racing history is true. And Roman Miller's our guest. He's having his 90th birthday at Emerald Downs today. Uh, race number two, and we'll be right back. We're going to take a short time out here, KJR 950 AM.
0: You're listening to The Win Play Show, brought to you by Emerald Downs on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to The Win Play Show with Joe Withy and
1: Rob Rao on Sports Radio KJR. The Win Place Show, first race at 2 p.m. today at Emerald Downs, and a stakes doubleheader, two-year-olds in the spotlight in the Barbara Shinpo stakes and the WTBOA lads. And uh, 10-race cards, some good races today. We're going to kick it right off with a two-year-old race. Uh, Two-year-old maidens in the first, going five furlongs and five first-time starters there, and some excellent claiming Challenges at Emerald Downs today, carryovers in the pick five and the 20-cent pick seven. Roman Miller's joining us, and Roman makes a...
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
2: No, Lucky
0: Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S.
4: Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their
0: careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. A
1: couple of t- trips to the track. Every year, uh, he's good friends with Ron Crockett, and uh, and he goes way back in racing. We're take, we're hearing some stories from Roman Miller, who's having his 90th birthday at Emerald Downs today. Roman, uh, where did we leave off there? You worked for Joe Gottstein at Long Acres. Then you got a job with the commission and, and started uh, telling Joe what to do and where to <laughs> improve. And anyway, go ahead. Then I, not many people did that, did they?
3: No, but I wanted to mention some of the names, from, and also I wanted, not because I'm a working here anymore, but Mr. Crockett is what saved, as everyone knows, that should know, is save racing Oh yeah. in the Northwest, and Bill Kine did that down at Bay Meadows. Okay, And I worked for Bill Kine, and then I first came back from the war, I got a job with Portland Meadows. They opened it in 46, and then, I was still in college, and then uh, in 48, they had the big Vanport flood that wiped out the track. They wiped it completely out Lost a lot of people in the Vanport shipyards, and then uh, they rebuilt the track uh, in 1950 and reopened it. And
1: uh, they had a fire down there too in the 60s, I oh, think. That yes. uh,
3: yeah, burned the thing. Yeah.
1: They missed the their Portland Mile one year, but that's uh, more Northwest race history. And uh, you never did? You ever get into horse ownership?
3: Well, I did once with did uh, with. Uh, Dave Brazier, Sr.? Yes, and the people da- that
1: own Sparrow Castle. Yeah, and then
3: I, he liked me because I helped him get his son, Steve Brazier, into O'Day High School. Okay. I was on the faculty at O'Day. <laughs> then uh, I went way back with racing. My dad loved it. He took me down to watch Biscuit in 38, I think.
1: He did? Yeah, and then wow.
3: we saw Farlap. You saw Farlap, too, yeah, yeah. and Seabiscuit? Yeah. You've been around. Well, yeah, then I saw some good horses—John uh, Henry and Roundtable and Swaps and Citation oh boy. in Nashua. Yeah, you know. Wow. But, and I don't want to go back and live in the past, but well, but the, it's fun once in a while. Uh, but, uh, and then uh, I worked at uh, Louisville and uh, for Kentucky Derby. Did you? Because Would I you? grew up in the mutuals here, and Ernie White—I he was our mutual manager. Okay. And then Ken Hodges, and then Gino Chapo, and then. Earl Costello and Dick Foley and all those guys that, and in those days all the husky athletes worked in the mutual Arnie Weinmaster and I had an apartment with Don Heinrich and McElhaney we all worked at the oh,
1: they worked at the track too oh, all of them McElhaney
3: yeah. and Heinrich yeah did they really yeah wow in those days we had to join the Teamsters Union uh, unit one thirty and they all were all Teamsters because huh. it was union.
1: Of course, that's how Junior Coffee got into training, yeah. by getting a job at the track in the summers.
3: And we had good uh, racing secretaries, uh, Steve O'Donnell. Yeah, sure. Glenn Williams.
1: Steve O'Donnell was before Glenn Williams, Manny right? Keller. Okay, I don't, I don't go back that far. No, but... no
3: I go back too far.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. okay. It's good. That's a good thing.
3: And then I stu- uh, you, A lot of people don't realize the first tracks out here, not before long, because we had a thoroughbred track up in Silver Lake. Really? Yeah, it, was, it didn't have. You didn't put the pari-mutual law here into this state till 1933, but California didn't get it till 1934. Wow! So we, we were, were ahead of Santa Anita. But yeah, it was Silver Lake, and then uh, Oregon put in that dog racing. I don't want to mention that, but they, well,
1: they, they had it. Yeah,
3: they used to do it downtown in Multnomah Stadium, which now is, is where the soccer thing is.
1: Right, Multnomah Dog Track. Roman Miller's our guest here, and we're going back and and Roman uh, uh, Phil Ziegler's our president now, as Ron has turned over the reins to the Muckleshoot Tribe. And uh, you know, uh, Ron saved racing before, and he basically saved it and ensured the future again by getting the Muckleshoots involved because they're our neighbors. They own the property, and they're committed toward racing in the future. And uh, you know, we've had, uh, we're, we're having an excellent season with field size this year, horse population is up we had that purse increase last year so uh, looking forward to the future and, and you're going to be out today you know your way around the racetrack uh, um, I mean, you can't go too far without seeing somebody you know even still, correct?
3: Yes, right, now there's a gal named Nancy Gibson in the yep. Mitchells and Debbie Hopkins Johnson in the run's office for the racing commission, I hired both of them 30, you, 40 years ago. Did you really? And I wanted to thank uh, Rocket, Ron Crockett also because he kept continuity. 20 years, you're having your 20th year here. That's right. And, he's, you know, they had to go to Yakima for a little while. Yep. And, and you no, know, he's the, the best of the West, I guess I'd say. Ron
1: played in the state tournament for Renton High. Oh, Herb
3: 1957. He was, they had a good Look team. Look at that.
1: You got the year right there.
3: Well, <laughs> no. No.
1: And I know you go to those basketball reunions and banquets, and, and Dan Raley, who wrote a, a real interesting book, How Seattle Became a Big League Sports Town, and Junior Coffee, Ron Crockett each have their own section in that, and, and you helped Dan quite a bit with this. Um, Dan, it seems like Roman should be in here somewhere, but uh, <laughs> who are a couple of uh, your favorites in, the, in Seattle sports history?
3: Well, uh, Tom Workman at okay. Blanchett. And Mike Akers, I brought them both in there, and Eddie O'Brien was athletic director. He's gone to heaven now. He said, we don't have the budget to take Akers. And I said, well, you better take him. He helped us, and he did in baseball.
1: Oh, yeah, he yeah. was a great pitcher. He was my coach, uh, assistant coach at Kennedy High when I went there, and he was uh, my freshman coach at Seattle U. And uh, he was a tough guy and a, and a really good ball handler and passer, and, of course, Blanchett won the state title undefeated with Workman and him, and then they had great run at Seattle U. And Workman made it, of course, the NBA. You helped him get there. Yeah, I was his agent. Yeah, yeah. sports agent, too. Yeah. Well, wow.
3: yes. Uh, uh, that deal with a uh, uh, book, that's a great book. Uh, people should get that book. Cause everyone, to, yeah. another bo- boy in there is uh, the tennis player, Davis Cup captain went to prep is it tom uh, Tom gorman Gorman.
1: yeah tom gorman i
3: got him to come
1: to clu very good and roman uh yeah we just about winding up our time here but uh great to have you on and you've been with archbishop murphy high school out near everett uh since their inception haven't you and and they've had just great athletic programs
3: yeah, I helped them make it to O'Day of the North. Yes. And now I was at O'Day the other day, and they wanted to know what I was doing. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to try to make O'Day the Murphy of the South.
1: <laughs> That's a good one. Well,
3: thanks for having me on this. Hey,
1: it's it's great to hear your stories. It really is. And uh, you're connected with so many sports as well. And uh, we'll see you over on the front side a little bit later today. Roma, th- thank, th- thank you. Thank you. Roman Miller having his 90th birthday at Emerald Downs today. And uh, we're going to take a break, come back with trainer Jeff Metz in a moment. This is the Win Play Show on KJR 950 AM.
0: You're listening to the Win Play Show, brought to you by Emerald Downs on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to the Win Play Show with Joe Withey and Rob Rowe on Sports Radio KJR.
1: The win Place show on a Sunday morning, the Quartershoot Cafe filling up. And uh, great to have Roman Miller on. He's still telling stories to Rob here. And uh, Roman's going to be over to celebrate his 90th birthday on the front side a little bit later. And it's a race day. Day number 54 at Emerald Downs, a stakes doubleheader. Jeff Metz involved in both of those juvenile stakes. And Jeff is uh, bidding to become a four-time consecutive leading trainer He's won the training title all three of his full seasons up here, and he is leading as we head into, well, you know, we don't have that many weeks left. I think it's six weeks left after this one. Jeff, good to see you, man. Hey, thanks. Nice to be here. Good to be with you, and you were at Del Mar last Sunday, and uh, uh, Washington bred by the name of Cabrage. You picked up an acclaim last year, and uh, he has run just really well for you. He's developed, and, and he's run on different surfaces and different tracks, and And, uh, of course, he set the Washington state record for racing's most common distance earlier this year. Six furlongs and 106 and 4. And you had him in a grade one last Sunday, Jeff. Yeah, you know, we we went down with the intention to run an
4: allowance non-three, optional 100,000. And the race didn't fill. It got four and five and didn't quite get used. We nominated just in case the race came up, maybe a short five-horse field mm-hmm. or something. And some, you see those stakes races, and sometimes there's five and six horses in a $300,000 grade one race. So we nominated just to have our uh, options open. And then from there, uh, he trained good, breezed him over the track. He just floated and so then uh, I said, well, let's enter and see what happens. So we draw okay, you know, towards the middle. And um, unfortunately, he had a little bit of a stumble at the start, and he got behind horses, and the jockey had to steady him a little. So he was going down the backside in last. And then uh, the original plan was the two inside horses looked like they'd show a lot of speed. We'd try and lay third and then go after him when it time counted. But unfortunately, we had to go to plan B, and he, he got off slow. And the rider kind of sat on him and just let him gather himself and get under his feet. And then down the backside, he started inching up. And I'd say about the half mile or the three and a half, he started asking him, like, well, time yeah. to go. And he put a big run around the turn and against some solid horses. I mean, some of the best sprinters that I'm sure some of those you're going to see in the Breeders' Cup. That's and right. for him to make that interior move like that and still keep trying in the end, I mean, it all, I thought for sure we might have gotten third, but the, the other horse that got third dove to the inside and we were still to the outside, so there was a weird angle. But anyways, all in all, he yeah. ran good, and, and it, what was very interesting was uh, I thought he was training well going into it. He was real happy at Del Mar, bright, and just real happy horse. So he, he tried very hard. And what was nice is, so in Del Mar, the people that I know, they were like, oh, your horse ran really good. And to tell you, when I came back, because I came back late that night, and I came back to Washington to train Monday morning, and everybody on the track was like, man, he ran so good. So uh, what a great feeling that everybody yeah. was watching, everybody was cheering well, and got, rooting for him.
1: Rooting for the Washington-bred Cabrage, fourth in the grade one, Bing Crosby at Del Mar last weekend. and. Uh, could have been better. As we know, he has outstanding speed. And uh, with a little better start, uh, could have been even better. But still, that was a great experience for Jeff and the team. Uh, and uh, when you bring up Cabrage, you know, you, you think of Obi Harbor this year as well because they were just rattling off these awesome sprints early mm-hmm. in the season. And Obi Harbor uh, is kind of the horse of the meat so far, isn't he? He definitely is. You know, um, th- y- you the complexion
4: of the race as you know Joe sometimes is post position break out of the gate and how everything materializes so we tried to follow along the same path as Obi Harbor is like okay stretch out can he get the mile when he when he runs like he did at Delmar you think well look he can lay off the pace and make one run so we tried that in the mile race when Obi Harbor won but Obi went to the lead and everybody thought well when, yeah. when we hooked up six and a half and we went a 42 half mile, you thought, okay, well, here they got, they're they going to do it again in the mile. And our intention all along was to take off the pace and see if we could get him to relax and make one run because I didn't think we could go head and head with OB Harbor. I I'll never know, but the day he... Obi Harbor won, and we went 42. We were on the inside. And our horse is not very big. He can get a little intimidated in there. And then he just he hung on for third. But it was the day he set the record. He was on the outside. He pressured that horse, dueled that horse, dropped off, and he just kept going and never slowed down. But... In Cabrage's favor, he ran basically a 106 and 4 two times in a row because when he ran against Obi Harbor, 6.5, the the 6 mark was 6 and 4 again. And then the other day in the Bing Crosby, they went 107 and changed. So um, it's kind of funny to say. We were tr- trying to get away from O.B. Harbor, and we went to grade one to yeah. dodge
1: O.B. Harbor. Wow. Okay. You know what? I never thought of it that way, and uh, that's the way it came down. I was joking
4: with Chris Stensley, yeah. the trainer of O.B. Harbor, and I said, yeah, man, you know, there's, there's the Washington Cup doesn't have a... Um, uh, a sprint race this year right. so we were limited in options when it didn't look like he wanted to stretch out sure the long acres mile is like a one mile sprint but it's just all out and and Obi harbor has learned to relax he goes fast and he keeps on going and when you get that speed it the long acres mile is going to be interesting because you don't know how many of those horses are going to enter and show speed and pressure him and can he take the pressure post position draw are they inside and outside pressure them outside inside or all of the above and so you just don't know the race complexion but a lot of people know it seems to play as a one mile sprint which usually sets it up for striker phd
1: Yeah, and he's won the last two, and was second the year before. Striker P, what great stories we have for the mile, Jeff. With mm-hmm. Ob Harbor fastest time at four different distances. Cabrage, of course, has the six furlong. Striker PhD looking for just a, a, an unthinkable third consecutive mile win. Jerry Hollendorfer, uh, Hall of Fame trainer, uh, for you know. Uh, Overblown Hall mm-hmm. of Fame trainer. Sure. I mean, geez, and mm-hmm. he's got two horses, and, and it looks like a in. lot of, and yeah. it looks
4: like a lot of those horses are going to come. You know, yeah. originally, um, if you looked at the locals, it looked like Obi Harbor Striker, and then you really didn't know who might fall into there after that. So it is a race where people are probably going to ship in, and um, you know, two hundred thousand, they're going to come. I know, I. Ran into Tyler Bay's down there and he said, Hey, I'm coming up to ride Alert Bay. That's so, right. uh, you know, uh, when I was at Del Mar. And so I said, Oh, great, I'll see you there. So that's, I think you're going to get a lot of people shipping in. The money's worth it for 200000 They don't mind shipping up. That, you know, you've seen plenty of horses ship in and win. Uh, so, you know, but Stryker was the local horse and this year OB Harbor is the local horse. And, um, you know, the reports I hear from Chris Densley that the the horse just loves the track he doesn't have little nagging things or whatever body soreness or whatever he may have had in the past and that horse is just he's a beautiful horse to see and when he travels effortlessly like that then he doesn't get tired and he just keeps going
1: yeah he is something special and uh you know uh, alert bay a racing millionaire he'll be the big earner in the field he's been all over the west the last three years and just continues to run big races blaine wright trainee and prime engine another story it looks like he worked well and Mike Puich has got him headed toward the mile no horse has mm-hmm. ever won the Gottstein the Derby and the mile oh, in northwest history so we've got a, a mm-hmm. lot of great stories and mm-hmm. and you're uh, unveiling well you've got two horses in and they have a total of one race between them <laughs> in these two stakes races today Jeff and Storm and Promise, your filly, uh, ran really well first out. You you had to be pleased with that.
4: Yeah, definitely. You know,
1: she's a small, stocky filly, and so original
4: in her training, it looked like, well, four-and-a-half furlongs is probably going to be her cup of tea because she's stocky and looks like a quarter horse. So then... As I, she was actually the workmate for B.C.Z. Middleton, and she hung in there. And the times weren't all that fast, but I was putting B.C. behind horses, and she was the workmate, and so they went down the lane together. And this filly didn't give up. She showed some real grit, you know. She's just kind of a plain bay filly, but um, she's got some heart. And then when she ran the other day, um, I mean, she broke, showed her speed, and then just kept on going about her business. She was hooked like a horse was going to go by her at the quarter pole, and then she just kind of like said, oh, no, and then she went on about her business, very professional, and S1 stayed after her just to keep her attention because she was, you know, babies. They're kind of lost out there on the lead, like, hey, where is everybody? So she ran a very game, professional race. She strained well out of the race. Um, My exercise morning guy says that... He said, I think she'll get the six furlongs. You know, she, she just keeps trying. And then the other thing, when I heard the filly that won by so many open lengths in the last stake, I heard there was a sale pending and she may not run. So when that was the case, I said, well, why don't we supplement? It could be a short field. That big filly isn't there. And I think it's anybody's race after that.
1: It looks like it. It looks like anybody's race. Uh, and I was think-
4: able to pick up Javier Matias, who won on that filly that day. So, mm. um, And he got on Storm and Promise the other day, and he said, she feels good, so yeah. let's, let's go get the money.
1: And I see she's owned by her breeder, Jane Wiggins. So is yeah, that a new that client for you? It or? is.
4: You know, I had a horse called Pecos Breeze yeah. that I bought off Jane. She watched him kind of develop through the ranks. So wow. she sent me
1: uh, this filly and two others. Pecos Breeze has been a real <laughs> successful three-year-old in the uh, claiming ranks, wins, and places. So Storm and Promise on the outside post, second career start. She won by seven in her debut three weeks ago. And then you've got a first-time starter. We're talking with Jeff Metz, our leading trainer. Max the Kitty, you're debuting this uh, Oregon bred in a stakes race today. You must be high on him.
4: Well, he's... he's, He's one of these horses, he's real big and athletic, and his movement is just tremendous. I mean, he looks like he could be in the dressage ring. He looks like he could jump a five-foot fence easy. And this horse, he's he's a beautiful horse. He's uh, tall, long, and lean. But the interesting thing was, I entered him in a maiden special the other day. But they drew 14 horses, and he got excluded. So, okay, we didn't get to run there. Then we waited, and it was like... We're thinking longer the better for him, and then this field came up short with a short field, and I think he'll want every bit of the six furlongs because he is such a long thing. And Vronsky's, we know they like to run long, but this horse is really um, trained well in the mornings. I've put him behind horses and you know taught him to go catch him. He's when I worked him by himself, he gets a little lost, like hey you know what's going on but when you watch him gallop like you saw on training day or or some of the breezes that i've sent videos to the owner he's just effortless over the track so he's very exciting i've been you know the barn and myself and you know there's been kind of a lot of talk about him like oh here's our big horse you know and and we don't know until we put him in but he's done everything right in the mornings and now it's time to to put him in the afternoon ideally um you uh, it's not your first option, oh, we'll debut him in a stake. You know, maiden special would have been fine, and five and a half or six would have been fine. But here we are today, and this came up. And, and then the good news is if he runs his race, he's running for a nice purse. It's like a $50,000 maiden race instead of, there you know, you go. the special weight.
1: And uh, Max the Kitty out of Dolly's Hit Lady, who was a stakes winner here, Going had good speed. A daughter of Itamom and uh, I'm just reading the, in the ra- racing form how she's produced five winners from six starters. So, mm. uh, and uh, and the good news is, so it, it, if we get the best of
4: both worlds with the speed on the mare side and the stamina of uh, Vronsky, who's you know done fancy. well with turf and routes and everything, uh, this horse does seem to have all the tools to be able to uh, start out sprinting and then his. One of those horses that's like Obi Harbour, when they have that fluid stride, they can go fast and they can keep on going because that stride is so smooth, they don't tend to get as tired as a horse that's a little,
1: not as smooth traveling or choppy. I, I watched Obi Harbour work this morning and mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to work 58 and change <laughs> the way he was just coasting, but yeah. that's his stride. And, and
0: back
4: in the day uh, when Easy Kitty was here, it was the same way. You're like, boy, she looked like she went 103. Yeah. Oh, 57.4. You know, it's like they do it so easy and they cover a lot of ground.
1: Jeff Metz joining us, and it's a big two-year-old day for the Mets Barn. He's got two in the first race as well. Mysterious Man, a first-time starter by Congrats, and Last Call Lobo, a first-time starter by Demon Warlock out of that Good Merit Run-A-Copy. Uh, uh, getting those two's careers going as well, Jeff. Do you want to uh, make a comment on those horses?
4: Um, since they're in a claiming race, I'll say no comment. No, okay. I'm just kidding you, though. <laughs> but,
1: but, what, but the
4: thing is, it, we've kind of tried to take our time and let these babies come in, into their own at the right time. As we know at Emerald Downs, the two-year-old races don't start till about mid-season. And then if you can get a race or two in before the end of the meet, and then you can decide talk it over with the owners do we want to go to california with this one phoenix with this one or or or, you know turn them out and come back next year for emerald but these two horses in the first race today um they haven't really hooked up and worked together so they haven't had their own little in-house training race i know the grooms in the barn have a little side bet so we'll see how that plays out but um i think you know the tough horse in there will be the morning line favorite right Uh, he's had two starts he's improving every time and he's got tactical speed and he's well drawn in the middle. Mysterious man Keller's kind of,
1: Gold, you're speaking yeah, of. Yeah, Keller's yep.
4: Gold. And then, um, Mysterious Man, he's kind of a longer-built horse. Uh, congrats tends to get a little bit more route horses. And this his mare is Milwaukee Brew, who is route, and she won uh, going long. And then, the Last Call Lobo, you know the family, Seattle's Best Copy, yes. Copy Be Gone. I actually had Copy Be Gone in the beginning of her career. And then... Um, this horse he was the boy version a little bigger a little stronger but he's take he's been she she developed quick and she was like ready to run a month or two before they even started racing and this guy has been a little slower to develop um so he's he's getting his first start but i like his post he's towards the outside and he gets see how things kind of play out but they're they're both ready to make their debut and and see what we got and then we can uh, adjust from there
1: yeah well two-year-olds are always exciting uh And you've got three first-time starters today, and uh, the other one, Storm and Promise and the Barber Shinpo, one for one, a big win. So, uh, hey, uh, continued good luck this year, and, uh, you know, try and keep everything straight about all the (laughs) venues you you need to think about, but Mm -hmm. uh, you do a good job of that, and... uh, uh, you've been good to work with, too. Have a great, great. rest of the season, Jeff. Thank
4: you very much. I, I really enjoy it here at Emerald. You guys are great. And, uh, you know, I always try and bring new owners and expose them to Emerald. And every year we've brought in a couple
1: new or few yes. owners here. So they've gotten exposed to Emerald, and they keep coming back. Awesome. That is great stuff. Jeff Metz, our guest. And uh, we need to get off the air. Thanks to Roman Miller as well. His 90th birthday, Joe Withy and Rob Brow from the Quarter Shoot Cafe. First race at 2 p.m., This is KJR 950 AM.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.